also leads me to this statement, which I always appreciate, which is just a witch is a witch. Like if you want to call yourself that, if you want to claim that moniker, it is your right to claim that. And there doesn't have to be a better explanation than that. I'm not a witch because I do all of these things. I'm a witch because I am. Right. This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. What are we drinking right now? I am drinking a watered-down version of the very first first margarita, the all-in-one <laughs> margarita. You have to milk it, let it last all the way through, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So I actually switched to coffee. I'm drinking black coffee. I'm Ooh. not for a cool, badass reason, only for the reason that I'm out of cream. Fair. This is real um, life, you know? Yeah. It's hard to go to the grocery store these days. It is. You know, so I... I like to pretend when I have black coffee that it's um, always camp coffee mm. and like putting it that way in my head makes me feel cool about it. But at the end of the day, I, I love me some milk in my coffee. It's very Colorado of you. I know, isn't it? Um, isn't it so silly how we feel like we have to do things like justify why we drink our coffee the way we drink it? <laughs> I know. Like, like what a I weird feel... thing to have to tell people. I know. Or like if you're at like a conference or something and, you know, you feel weird because you're the person that uses 15 creamers and two packs of sugar and that I'm going to be judged for that. But you know what? Right. I like Judge my away. 15 packs of sugar. Leave me alone. You know? Exactly. Coffee with cream is one of my like true joys in life. Okay. Yeah, mind your business, all you coffee snobs out there. Let us let us live our life. Let me live. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back to Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where we have a witch in good time. Yes, we do. All right, so we're going to start today the way we always start now. We've been yeah, What do you got for us? We've made enough of these that we have an always start point now. Did you hear that sound? Mm. It's That's, never going to be old. Right? Like, we will, um, I told you, I promised we would switch up decks on you, and I have some, we both have some really beautiful decks that we can use, but we are sticking with our Smithwaite today because she is responding well to what we're doing, and um, I feel like we've got a good connection with this deck and the podcast right now, so we're going to stick with her for another day. I'm going to do one more shuffle. Boop, boop, boop. friendly reminder that I'm still learning tarot so take everything we say always with a rim of salt hey see what you did there all right so we have I'm like no jumpers today okay we have pulled the ace of pentacles Ooh, tell us what that means yes okay so I'm going to describe it to you again um this time we've got fluffy clouds coming out of the left hand side with a hand coming out of them, cupping a gold pentacle. It's very gray and open and expansive behind it. There's a hedgerow and a little arch at the bottom where you can see some mountains and there's some, you know, growth and some trees in the foreground. So Ace of Pentacles is another, we keep drawing all of these like new beginnings, fresh start, you know, fertility, new venture kind of cards, uh, which is also kind of what Ace of Pentacles is saying it's you know signifying a new prosperous beginning um, that has the potential to grow into long-term success which you know I think is a good message both for our podcast and for the topic that we are going to be discussing today which um, is answering a few of your questions about about craft and where we are in our own journey and how we got here so I think you know that um, that opportunity that new venture kind of that fertility reward cycle of Ace of Pentacles is really, um, really going to be very clear for us today. So I'm excited about this card. Well, that's, that's a perfect card because uh, today is the episode where we're coming out of the quote unquote broom closet. Yes. So. No going yeah. back now. <laughs> 
So yes, you heard us talk in the first episode quite a bit. We kept using the terms witchy or that we we call ourselves witches. And so for those of us who or for those of you who have followed, you know, Cheyenne and myself on Instagram or have known us for a long time, maybe some of you out there listening have known us since high school. And if so, shout out to Sam and Hi. <laughs> what up? I we love you. Just... Thanks for being with us. <laughs> All right. So um so yeah, so you heard us talking about that. So we're going to we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit today and what that means for both of us. And actually, we got a question when we had our kind of ask us anything going on around Instagram. So speaking of, if you don't follow myself and Cheyenne and the Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks podcast on Instagram, you should definitely do so because that's where we're going to be the most active. Yes, we will link so all of those in the show notes. All of the things will be linked. It'll be great. And we'll all build a, a community together. Can't wait. So anyway, we got a question on Instagram that says, how did you start practicing witchcraft? Tips for beginners. Also, praise hands because they're excited that we're starting this podcast. We're excited that you're excited. (laughs) We are excited you're excited. And like, what a question right off the bat. I remember when you got that question, you sent me a voice message and you're like, well, like, here we are. Can't really. There's no way around this one um, anymore, which is exciting and fun. And I think it's going to... It's just, it's going to be really nice to be able to answer that in kind of a broad strokes, accessible way. So yeah, I guess what does, what does witchcraft mean to you? Or what does being a witch mean to you? Kind of how long, you know, when did you come into this practice and start feeling comfortable calling yourself that? Or do you even feel comfortable calling yourself that yet? Yeah. So really good questions. And that's another thing, just kind of taking it set back really quickly. Um, yeah. That's another reason why we chose kind of the Midnight Margs part of our title. And another reason why we wanted to start this podcast is because we wanted to be able to pre- create a space where we could talk a little bit more freely about this. Because for so long, we felt like we were kind of in the shadows because our form of spirituality is really seen as still very taboo, right? Like um, It's also have- really important just while you're mentioning that too, Um, Just to acknowledge the fact that it's not safe everywhere in the world and not even remotely in the United States always to be open and practicing this kind of thing, particularly for people of color. You know, witch hunts are Mm -hmm. still very much happening all over the world. And that's not something that we take lightly. And there's a a real amount of white privilege (laughs) genuinely that comes with being able to to have a podcast like this and to talk about these kind of topics without a ton of fear about what it means for our personal or professional lives. And I just, I think it's important to acknowledge that, that that's a very real situation for a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of, just a lot of practitioners aren't, aren't in a place where they can be open or speaking candidly about this. So thank you for this, you know, for giving us this, this platform to do so. Um, but also understand that we are coming from a place of privilege when we speak about these topics and, and it's not unnoticed by us. Absolutely. And, and along those lines, you know, for a lot of people, for, for Cheyenne and myself, this is more of a spiritual practice. Um, but for a lot of people, this is a very much a religion and it's and a livelihood, that, you know, we yeah, don't make our money this way. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's a, it's a way of life and it's, it's very deep and intimate, you know, for, for us to really reflect on the fact that we we say we're a country that really is proud of religious freedom that's not necessarily true and so that's just kind of another layer of the privilege that we want to acknowledge and recognize that not everybody has that religious freedom that we say that people should have so yeah so that that's kind of another reason why we created this but for what what it means for me so I was always raised to be having a very strong connection with nature. And I think that's what initially kind of drew me to this path. In addition to, you know, we, we kind of reflected this on the reflected on this in the first two episodes, but I've always been really connected to what is on the other side, quote unquote, or what is out there energetically speaking, or that there's other kinds of planes and energetic aspects of the universe. And I always felt really drawn to that. And so you know, I come from a background that's that's very much rooted in a very, you know, Christian background. Um, and I don't want to like shit on that by any means or, <laughs> right. you know, devalue that. Like, I, I love Christians. I always will. I'm open to all faiths. 
I'm open to all faiths as long as you're not oppressing other people. The minute that your religion starts telling somebody else what they can or cannot do, or that they are demonized or evil or something like that because of a way that they believe or a ritual that they participate in or a practice that they have, that's when I start to have a problem with you, right? Yeah, agreed. And, and really, you know, from what I've been raised to understand about Christianity is it shouldn't be an oppressive religion. It should be about love and inclusivity and and supporting one another and building that community. But for some reason, in a lot of different sects, that seems to just kind of, that that message seems to be lost. And so for me, I guess I always kind of questioned that. And I questioned, you know, especially the role that women have in, in certain faiths and that, yeah. you know, women are meant to be subservient and, and things like that. And so I guess I always just kind of questioned it. I always wanted to explore these kind of woo concepts. Um, and even then, even I use that term, you almost have to say it with like a cadence like that. Like air quotes. Feel, yeah. You feel like you have to kind of be passive about it, which isn't necessarily fair. We should own it. We are woo and we are proud. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so that, what kind of brought me to this was was questioning a little bit, questioning uh, what else is out there, how I want to go about practicing my spirituality. And really, I feel like um, most religions really see the nature and the earth around us as being temporary almost, and that it's here to be a resource for us while we live in this plane and we're always focused on what happens next, right? Major religions really focus on what happens after we die and what happens in the next life, I guess, per se. Whereas what I really like about this path in particular and the, the spiritual community is there's a really big focus on what's happening today. We can't deny that our human experience is very profound and that we are very connected. And, and how sad is it to think that in this life, you know, all the beautiful friends that I've made or the experiences I've had or the family that I got to be around and grow up with and be fortunate to be born into is just temporary for something that I just kind of experienced for right now. But I'm always looking at the next step because the next step's always going to be better. Right. And, and that kind of just bums me out. And so for me, um, what really drew me to, I guess, what is known as witchcraft. And when I say witchcraft for me personally, witchcraft is about, intention and kind of the understanding of how everything's interconnected in the world and how all energies are interconnected in the world. And yeah. so when I think of witchcraft, I don't think of it as, you know, Harry Potter <laughs> muggle versus human world. We can cast spells. And I think that if I wave a magic wand, that things are going to happen necessarily. And yeah. you know, that I have the ability to manipulate the weather or something like that. For me, it's more about being very intentional in how I use my energy, how I interact with the world, and especially how I interact with nature. So when I do a ritual, for example, it's really me honoring the phase of the moon, right? And that the energy that's associated with that. So for an example, during a full moon, it's all about releasing what lo no longer serves you or releasing attachment. And so for me, my ritual is about how do I connect better with that type of energy that exists in the universe? Or like the phases of the year. That's what I, I really love about this path is that there's a there's a honoring and a celebration of just how much the world changes season to season. Yeah, and I love that. Sacredness in that, you know, and, and that even so much as something as a seed sprouting into a plant or the way the leaves fall and the earth kind of turns into itself and we experience a period of darkness, all of that is sacred because it all reflects what we experience during our human condition, but it's reflected to us almost like a mirror in nature. And so for me, witchcraft, quote unquote, is about connecting to that and being part of that and understanding my role as it exists in the world. Yeah. So. And I just want to say to that too, I mean, that is religion and spirituality in a nutshell, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the basic when you, you know, take out the politics, take out all of the dogma, that's what we're all searching for, right, is a connection and a, you know, a, a deep longing to understand our specific place in this universe. How you get there is totally fine by me, like you said, you know, like yeah. what works for you works for you. And I absolutely support it as long as you are not stepping on the toes of other people. It's like you're you know, it's that saying of your rights stop where other people's begin. Right. It's, it's that same thing. And I think that applies across the board. And that's what we get so hung up on. And 
we're like, we're all seeking the same thing, right? Like we're all seeking greater understanding. We're all seeking connection. And I think um, that's even more prevalent to me in this type of path. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, that's a really, that's a good point. I really appreciate that. Well, and I think what, where the craft part comes in too, is the fact that in this type of spirituality, there's so much of a focus on using tools, you know, like, for example, we started this, this episode with a tarot reading that in itself is a tool or kind of a mini ritual, right? Or, you know, that, that that same kind of thing, it's, it's kind of funny that it's set apart um, because of the fact that it's not necessarily associated with a religion per se, unless of course, you know, you're Wiccan or you have something like that which neither Cheyenne nor myself identify as. Um, but even in, in like Catholicism, there's so much of a focus on using tools um, or yeah, and, and ritual and, right. you know, right. and, and so, even so far as to let's, let's take the religious side out of it completely. And mm-hmm. just like something like CrossFit, you know, yeah. like people are <laughs> yeah. like, people are finding community. People are finding ritual. People are finding, that greater connection all over the place. Um, And I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. Right. And so for me, I I guess those tools are just another kind of facet or something I use to better set an intention. So for me, I'm I'm a tangible person. I like things that I can hold on to or visualize, you know. And so for me, using a tarot deck to receive a message or to have that connection with something um, helps me kind of understand and unpack something I might be experiencing in my life. So if I'm, I'm going through a rough time, I might turn to tarot to be like, okay, how do I get out of this? I know intuitively how to get out of a situation or how Absolutely. to move forward. But sometimes you just need kind of that little nudge. That's like, Hey, I'm, I'm here to help you out with that. And, and I do genuinely believe, and this is my spiritual connection, I guess that comes through, but I think that our ancestors or the energies or the powers that be that exist in the universe that are here to kind of help guide us, utilize those tools at the same time as you do to help, you know, push that guidance, but they almost enhance your already strong intuition, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that's a really good way to describe that. So, so along those lines, Shane, I'm curious what, since we're so much on the same page as far as our spirituality goes, but what is magic to you? Because that is something I think that makes witchcraft and witchiness different from other spirituality or religion is that most folks, that's the first thing they key into, right? That witches do magic. So what does that, what does that mean to you? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny too, because we both have partners who are not, I I mean, I call Brandon a muggle, right? Like my partner is, (laughs) you know, like he's, and he's interested and he'll, you know, ask questions, but, but it's definitely a nice perspective to be able to bounce things off of somebody who's not quite as immersed in it as you um, Mm -hmm. to explain things like that. Right. So a really silly example is I make little, like little spell bundles per se for his golf bag, right. That don't mean like he's going to go out and win every golf tournament he participates in. Right. But it's like, okay, you know, my person made this for me with intention and love and that matters and that has impact and, you know, and the, and the herbs and the crystals and, you know, the, the intention that I created it with matters, you know, like I think it's, and and it can be, you can talk about that in so many different realms or, you know, terms of, of speaking as far as, you know, power of attraction or, you know, what you think comes to you type of thing. Um, But magic to me is, is recognizing the energy that is all around us all the time and tapping into it and moving it and bending it to, you know, to serve a higher and greater good and a greater purpose. And I think, you know, I I wouldn't believe in this if it didn't work. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and whether that's placebo, whether that's, you know, just my interpretation, whether that's my perception, that none of that matters to me because it, I interpret it as magic. It feels magical. It feels of the divine. And that's, that's enough. If that well, makes and sense. I mean, how many, how many, it totally makes sense. Cause how many stories have you heard where somebody is having the absolute worst day of their life? Right. Yeah. Like they just, nothing's going right for them that day, but they hear a baby giggle in a coffee shop that they walk into, or somebody goes out of their way to smile at them. 
that's manipulation of energy, right? Absolutely. But it had, literally, you did nothing to that other person, but they felt the intention behind that, that giggle or that smile. They felt the intention of you wanting to make their day good. You might not even know that they're having a bad day, but somebody made that intention to bring that person positivity. To me, that's what magic is. It's that that enhancement of energy in order to have a perceived outcome or a desired outcome to occur. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's all about connection too, right? Like mm -hmm. you're just, and the more, you know, the more people you engage in this type of, you know, experience with the, the stronger that becomes and the more open you are to other people's talents and gifts, the stronger that becomes. I think recognizing that we live in a world that is full of unexplainable things um, right is like and that's a beautiful thing we don't need to know the answers to everything if this is all bullshit that's totally fine with me but it gives my life meaning and purpose right now and that's what magic is that that's just it all comes down to that to that connection to that energy exchange and it it almost it's like a power of observation almost too of like magic is paying attention. Yes, absolutely. Like, especially that's, I think what I love so much about this path. And like I was talking about the seasons earlier, if I didn't come to this path, I don't think I would pay nearly as much attention to the nuances and the changes that occur around me on a daily basis. Like, I yes. mean, even from earlier this week, the leaves have changed so much more profoundly just in a few days. But would I have really given the time and attention to know that the tree around me is changing if I didn't really take that time to be intentional and present? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, craft has made me a much more present person. And I'm so good at living in the future. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, like that's, it's so, I mean, and so this is funny and relates to our seance episode, um, but Amber and I were kind of unpacking our experience at the end. And, you know, in that meditation in the end, he was talking about envisioning, you know, a dark circle that you're standing on the edge of in the ground and, you know, you're releasing all of the, the energy and the attachment to whatever had happened. And you're, you know, going from this place completely free and fluid. And I was very in that moment for most of it. And then I got distracted the way humans get distracted. Right. And I don't even remember what I started thinking about, but I came back to it and was like, oh shit, like, did I not pay enough attention to let go of all the bad stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, am I, am I taking stuff away from this now? Because I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> and it's just funny because it, it's one of those things that it, it just helps me recheck in and come back to the present moment and and pay more attention. And I think that's a lot of what it is for me is just presence. Yes. And ritual brings a lot of presence by, I mean, and, and whatever, you know, whatever particular uh, form of spirituality or religion that you're practicing, you know, presence matters and community matters. And I think that's what, you know, what we're striving to do with this podcast, but it's also what I try to do in my personal practices. You know, the rituals I do on a regular basis are all very simple, you know, like magic isn't big bangs and whistles and whatever. It's, you know, the happiness jar that I've kept for the last four years where, I mean, right. not religiously every day, but for the most, I have a reminder on my phone at 5 PM every day to write down half my happiest moment of the day or my, you know, moment of gratitude. And I put it in the jar. And then, you know, once a year I dump that jar out and I read all of them. Or if I'm having a bad day, I'll just pull one out. Like magic is also supporting yourself in that kind of, um, that, that um, it's being your own emotional support animal in a way too, um, <laughs> right. you know, and connecting with, with spirit and those ancestors. And for the most part, I work with family members who have not been gone for that long. <laughs> Yeah, people who I have a deep connection to who, you know, might not get this, but they get me. And so I don't feel any sort of, you know, weird judgment calling upon them or any. Yeah, it's just it's interesting, but it's it's very small. A lot of the times <laughs> it's smiling at a stranger. It's sending a card to a friend because you just felt like they needed one. It's like mm -hmm. when you call somebody and they're like, oh, I was just thinking about you. That's magic. Right. Well, and I think, I think in addition to being present to another thing that I really appreciate about this path that I don't think I would have recognized otherwise is this has created a space where I'm much more cognizant of those who have gone before me. 
Um, I'm more yes. cognizant of the sacrifices women have made and how, you know, we, we're obviously, you know, in this, in this realm of spirituality, you think about the women who lost their lives for practicing something like midwifery or, yeah. you know, <laughs> making an herbal tonic to save somebody in the community and then was demonized for it. But also, you know, I think something that we, especially those of us who are of European descent, we forget about our ancestral lineages because so many of us were required, especially those of us that live in the United States, of course, um, not speaking generally here, but so many of us had to give up our heritage, right, in order to assimilate to be able to survive in this country. And I don't, you know, I don't necessarily harbor negative feelings for that because I understand why someone would feel the need to do that at that time. But it's created a sort of disconnect, especially for us in these us millennials, right? Most of us can't trace our family line back farther than our great grandparents. And yeah. I think that's a huge loss there. And I definitely want to do like a whole episode on this because I think it it really ties into things like herbalism and natural medicine and how we've lost that connection as well and how it's starting to create a symptom of that is cultural appropriation in many forms of spirituality and many forms of herbal practices. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that in addition to being present, there's magic in knowing that we can connect to those who've gone before us. Um, and I think that's a good segue into another question that we got. It's actually a question from my beloved cousin. And so I will read it really quickly. So they asked if we could talk about the transition we've both made from wondering if it was possible to pierce the veil. Um, and again, we've talked about the veil in future or in a not future previous episode. Um, here we are focusing on the future, right? <laughs> um, they asked if it was possible to pierce the veil and speak to spirit guides and ancestors. Um, so they're asking about the transition to knowing it was not only possible, but that they were with you. They said that they still feel so curious yet still skeptical. And I believe, and they believe deeply in the placebo effect and that if you believe it will happen, it will. But those tiny doubts still bubble up and they know that those doubts stop them from truly connecting to the realm and they want to feel that but can't fully surrender to it. Um, and so for me personally, and Cheyenne, I definitely want to hear your side on this. Um, but for me personally, I think I think it's where that intuition comes in again. Um, and I know we, we harp on this a lot, but it's true. For me, I think where those experiences happened was when I wasn't looking for them necessarily. Um, and I know it's pretty similar for you too, Cheyenne, but um, for example, I'll, I'll kind of share a quick story. Recently, uh, right before I got married, actually, we um, lost our grandmother. So this is a mutual grandmother um, between myself and my cousin. Uh, shortly after we lost her was when I really started diving into spirituality and really kind of allowing myself to have that freedom. And it's something I always felt really guilty about. I think a lot of it being rooted in kind of Christian guilt. I think a lot of us experience that when we start kind of exploring other paths, but I especially felt guilty about it because I was pursuing it at a time after I had lost her and um, my grandparents, if everyone knew them, they were the most beautiful people in the world. Um, but they were also very, very, very Christian and really held on to that and really wanted, wanted that for the rest of the family. And so I was always kind of a little bit of a, an outsider in that regard. Um, in that I, I didn't really super connect to Christianity. Um, and my grandfather and I would go back and forth all the time and it's something we can kind of laugh about now, you know, but Anyway, after, after we lost her, I remember, I think it was just like a week or two later and, and the, the death was really unexpected. It, it hit us all really, really hard. And it was a very hard loss. And a couple of weeks later, I remember I was at work and I just kept like, it was almost like this buzzing in my brain that I just couldn't get out. And I just kept hearing like the same message over and over again. It's like, you have to go home. You have a message. You have to go home. You have a message. It's like, I kept hearing that over and over and over again. And it wasn't her voice necessarily, but I could feel it in my gut that I was like, this is her trying to tell me something, right? And uh, at the time, I had really started getting into runes and casting runes, which is, it's kind of like another form of tarot um, from the Norse line, for those who aren't familiar with it. But it's, it's uh, symbols that are carved into stone from the Nordic or the Norse lineage. And so 
that whole day, I, I couldn't hardly focus on anything at work. I was really struggling. And it was kind of funny because I came home that night. I went upstairs to our apartment and my husband, he's always so sweet. He's always right there ready to say, you know, hi, how are you? How was your day? And welcome me home. But like, I, I was so focused on this like buzzing message that just got louder and louder before I got home um, that I just kind of, we had a spare bedroom at the time that I just kind of, that was like my little witchy space. <laughs> and so I just marched into the house didn't even really say hello to my husband because I was just so tunnel visioned on this. And I went into the other room, closed the door and just cast stones. And what those stones told me was that there was somebody who had passed who wanted you to hear a message. And the message was not necessarily saying that things were right or things were wrong necessarily, but it was more of a message of, hey, maybe we didn't know everything in this life. And I just felt like it was her coming to me saying, you know what, maybe maybe there is more to the world. And um, basically it felt like she was giving me permission to understand that there, it's okay to explore other things. And again, I kept getting that message of just don't be oppressive to other people, you know, be safe in what you do. And maybe where that barrier is coming up for the person who asked this question is maybe that they, they're still holding on to maybe some of those beliefs that are put on us that we have to believe a certain way or that, but there's always going to be support there. And so for me, it was almost kind of a permission slip or a perwitching slip Yes, queen, <laughs> to be able to pursue what I was drawn to. And I think things have to happen a certain way. And I think that's, what's really powerful about this podcast too, is that we wanted to create a space where we let people know that just because your experience is not the same as somebody else's doesn't make your experience any less valid. So I think maybe where that skepticism is maybe coming in, which is still healthy, you should absolutely have that. You should question things around you. And, and just because, you know, Cheyenne and myself might be able to feel a certain way and, and maybe it is a placebo effect. I don't know. But because we had experiences doesn't make your experiences any less valid. And so for me too, like, you know, I, I never really felt a connection, spiritually speaking, doing things like reading a Bible. But when I'm working with herbs, I feel spirits moving through me. Like I feel so connected to the world around me and I feel so connected to divine energy. And I feel like I have an understanding of the world around me when I'm yeah. working with herbs, you know, because I feel that very essence and spirit of plants themselves, because I genuinely very believe in that. And we're definitely going to have an episode on plant spirits. Yes. <laughs> but for me, I think, I think that's the way I, I go about answering that question. And I'd be very curious to hear what you think. Yeah. So something that that kind of brought up for me, and I think I said this in the last episode too, is that it's okay if it's a placebo. Right. If it's all happening in your head, fine. That doesn't invalidate the experience and it doesn't make it any less true. So I think, you know, giving yourself that permission, that perwitching <laughs> to just, to just accept, you know, what's coming as, as what you need in that moment and not worrying so much about who it's coming from or where it's coming from has been really helpful for me. So I have a, my mom is Christian, but I would say kind of more spiritual. And my mom is like, you know, she connects to the divine and she's in her garden, you know, like similar to you. Right. My mom has always been very adamant from the beginning. And since I was young, that everybody's spiritual journey is their own spiritual journey. Um, and as long as you're not hurting anybody else, do what you need to do to find what you need to find, basically. And so I've always been really appreciative and grateful to her for that because it is, you know, I, my path to, to witchcraft, um, whether you want to put quotes around it or not, <laughs> you know, was fairly varied. I've been searching for a long time and probably started really seriously searching around the age of 17. And, you know, I remember having a whole stack of books on, you know, like Buddhist history and Hindu history and all this stuff, um, all of these different religious sects in my dorm room. And my mom and a friend were visiting and and I remember her friend being like, oh, is she taking like a Hinduism class? And my mom said, no, she's just searching. And I really appreciated that as like that being her answer of. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Of She was just like, no, she's finding what works. And, and you know, and, and I read everything. And that would be that goes back to that earlier question, too, of that advice for beginners. And my advice to anybody is to read everything. There's so much information, so much free information between your library, between the Internet, between Instagram, even. 
of just, I mean, there's a wealth of information out there and you won't know how you feel until you start consuming that and really unpacking it and finding what works for you and what doesn't. And, you know, in the beginning of my path, there was absolutely a lot of appropriation. <laughs> oh, shoot. I had um, white food in the... <laughs> like, yeah, like just you know, so much of that and so much learning and then so much unlearning and then really finding you know, this pagan, this Celtic, you know, that's kind of the tradition I lean more towards is more folk magic, because I also come from a family that really values ritual. Um, you know, we have very specific rituals for very specific times of the year that we've always done. You should see how ham this Cheyenne's family goes on Christmas. It's, it's pretty crazy. Oh, or like my mom's Halloween parties, even, even Easter. Right. You know, like we celebrate <laughs> in my house. <laughs> Um, and so I always grew up around that and around, you know, creating these, these magical moments to, to experience different things. And so, you know, ritual has always been a really important part of my life. But um, going back to this question of, you know, placebo and connecting and piercing the veil, I was really going through it probably uh, about two years ago now, um, at my lowest mental health stage, my grandma Connie, my mom's mom is one of my most favorite people in the whole entire world. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's um, quite a few years ago, probably four, four or five years ago, basically right when I graduated college. And, and I, I mean, I struggled so hard with that when you're suddenly not able to, you know, call the person who you've always called or, you know, call somebody and not have them really understand or call somebody and have them be like, oh, it's like have just no recollection of you or what your life actually is, um, is a really weird, just sad phenomenon. Um, and so I went through this process of grieving my grandmother, who is still alive <laughs> and who I still, you know, I go see annually um, this year. We're not going. It's typically around this time of year that we go. But, you know, the last time the last time I went was better, but it was the time before that, that kind of sparked my, you know, my depression and, and that lower point in my life. And it's because she had no idea who I was. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, and it went so much further than that because Alzheimer's is such a weird disease that we just don't even know that much about. But she was like annoyed that I was there. You know, she's like, who the, like, who is this bitch? Like, why'd you bring her? Oh, that's um, so hard. And so that was like kind of the the thing that sent me on this little downward spiral. And I was just really struggling to find meaning or connection of any kind. And so I kind of started dabbling again and came back to, you know, paganism and, and was trying to devote myself more towards a, a nature-based spirituality that I could, you know, something I could go out and, and feel, you know, like you go to the mountains and you feel the mountains. <laughs> right. But I... Um, yeah, I was just, I was struggling. I was looking for signs. I was looking for help. And one day I just felt compelled to take my dog for a walk here, like the same walk we go on all the time. Nothing special. It was about to thunderstorm. So it probably wasn't the best time to go for a walk, but I just felt like we needed to go. And so we went and we were walking and there's a part of our morning walk that we go on that um, we turn off the paved trail and it's this little um, neighborhood little gulch in this meadow um, where there's a bunch of overgrown train tracks and my grandpa Jerry my grandma Connie's husband um, he also died um, he passed away when I was 17 um, but from Alzheimer's as well so this is not the first time I've been through this right <laughs> but I trains will always be my grandfather no matter where I am and so I was walking along these train tracks and I just felt uh, I just kept asking. I was like, I just need help. I didn't even really recognize that I was asking him, but I was just at such a low point and nothing made sense. And I just sat, I felt, had this overwhelming urge to just sit. And we sat on the train tracks and this like gust, you know, when you, you're walking in this like gust of warm air just surrounds you. Mm -hmm. um, so that happened, but it didn't dissipate. It stayed. And then I just heard his voice in my head and it was so clear. And it's the first time I've heard his voice. I mean, in, you know, 10 years <laughs> at the time that this was happening, nine years. Um, and he just in my head said, want to see a magic trick. And so my grandpa Jerry had the cheesiest, dumbest magic jokes ever, like not real magic. Like he'd have one sock, his go-to one was he'd have one sock pulled all the way up and the other one scrunched down. And then he'd like dance around the house and be like, I'm going to make my sock stand up. And then he'd show you the leg where the sock already was pulled up. <laughs> um, like, like that kind of magic. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, 
And I just started laughing because I knew that's what he was referencing. And it was just, he was so silly all the time. Like just, and one of the most genuine caring people in the whole entire world, but also he didn't take shit that seriously or himself that seriously, at least. And I just started laughing and crying. And then I just was talking to myself or to him. I mean, I feel like he was there, but Willie laid down and just had her head on my knee. And I just talked to him for probably about 15 minutes about just everything. I was like, you know, everything sucks and I'm sad and stuff with grandma's weird and I don't know how to feel about it. And I just kind of spoke all of this anxiety and this fear and this tension that I'd been holding on to and had been letting drag me down. And I just, and then it was gone. You know, it, I, I got it all out. I finished talking and then the sky opened up and it started raining and the warmth was gone and I was better. Like, <laughs> and I, you know, I called a therapist the next day and started my journey towards like healing my mental health. And whether or not he was actually sitting on those train tracks with me doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's very um, true. Because it happened. And my experience of what happened and what happened afterwards is no less, you know, important by the fact that, you know, whether he, whether his spirit was guiding me, whether it was my own brain finally being like, you know what you need to do, like, just ask for help. <laughs> like, you right. can do this. Um, and that was you know, that's kind of been it for me. And, and, you know, he's on my altar. My grandma Connie's on my altar too, because there is a part of me that thinks her spirit is existing outside her body right now because her brain is not functioning the way it functions, you know? Yeah. That's a really, that's a really interesting concept. Um, so that's just been, I mean, that's kind of where it all came to a head for me and where I really started practicing and, and using him as a guide and calling on him for help. And, and it was one of those things too, that I like, I put on his sweater. I have this, you know how grandpas always wear like long sleeves, no matter how hot it is outside. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like just a grandpa thing. Uh, so I have this denim jacket of his that's fleece lined that I put on before I went. And like, so I, whether it was subconscious, what, you know, whatever made me decide to do that is not as important to me as what actually happened and what I gained from that experience. And I think that actually um, that relates to my seance experience too, because there was a point where he was like, you know, it's, it doesn't, somebody asked a question about communing with famous people who have passed. And he goes, you know, I know people who do it, but it's never been of interest to me because what's important is what people are here to tell you, not who they are. Mm. Um, and I just really appreciated that because he's like, the message is what you're supposed to be listening to. And we get so caught up in people's names or their, their human experience. And that's not where they are anymore. Yes. Um, so he's Ooh, like, it's, it's less important so who's delivering this message and more important that you just listen to what the message is. Yes. I love that. And so I, I think that's just kind of the way it works for everybody is that, you know, people, people are validated through experience, right? Yeah. And so you know, you'll, you'll continue to do things that, you know, have a certain outcome. Um, we're just human that way. And I guess another kind of quick, uh, story I have is, um, I guess, I guess going back to the question of the transition to knowing, I, I guess I can't really pinpoint a transition occurring. It's more that I've had experiences to me that were profound enough for me to just to believe that way, you know, or to, to want to pursue this path more fully. And this cousin will know this too, but in the last few years, I started really practicing on Samhain, which is when, you know, for those of us who are from Celtic lineage, we really believe that that's when the veil is thinnest between this world and the next. And, and, you know, I guess it's not just necessarily Celtic lineage. That's where the, I guess the veil concept comes from, but yeah. um, many cultures around the world all believe that around the time of October 31st, November 1st is really that thinnest point where spirits and past loved ones can pass over again into our world. And so I really started being intentional about that. And so I started leaving offerings for past loved ones on that night. And I remember it wasn't the first year uh, because, you know, I, I was being cognizant of that placebo effect um, and being like, oh, I'm just, I'm expecting something to happen because I put things out this year. But I think it was the second or third year that I did it. Um, the, our, our grandfather was always big on drinking coffee with um, hot chocolate in it. <laughs> and that was like the morning thing. And, uh, and so 
you always want to like leave a photo out of a past loved one um, and then an offering of something that they enjoyed in this life. And so for my husband's grandmother, we left out crackers and jelly because that was like her favorite snack. And then for my grandfather, we left out hot chocolate and coffee. And, and, you know, I was so exhausted that night and um, we, we both, my husband, and I just went to bed that night. And I remember in the middle of the night being woken up by hearing footsteps walking around our apartment <laughs> and we live on, on the second floor. So it's a little unnerving, right. you know, up, but I remember I, I heard it and, you know, you had that sense of concern initially. And then I felt like a sense of, oh, they're visiting, you know, and a sense of peace, just intuitively that message came to me. I can't explain how or why it just did. And, and so I heard those footsteps and, and then I just kind of went back to sleep and the next morning the coffee was gone hmm. and can't explain that. So I, yeah. guess, I guess it's just kind of where it comes to for me is, is I just, I, I have a belief because I've experienced things and I think it's taken some time to get here. You know, you have to let go of those attachments. Kind of like what you talked about in the seance episode is attachments to expectations or attachments to what that means to pierce the veil. If you want to use quotes there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, for me, maybe that means literally talking to people on the other side for somebody else that might mean I want to connect more with nature or for that. It might be a mental health journey. Who knows? Whatever that means for you, I think is what you have to find. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think it's, it's another thing of, you know, we all have the ability to tap into this. You know, everybody can access this other realm. Some people are gifted. Absolutely. Some people, oh, it comes sure. very naturally too. Um, and other people, you've got to work through a lot of conditioning and you've got to unlearn a lot and you've got to just open up your brain and, and, you know, kind of turn off that, that part of you that wants an explanation for everything and just accept that, you know, the messages you're receiving are the messages you're supposed to receive and how they get to you doesn't necessarily matter. Um, as long as you're paying attention to the message. Um, but these are skills that anybody can cultivate too. And I think it's, if you have a desire to find that connection. And that's something that you feel like you're really missing, making an intention to do something like set out an altar with, you know, my grandpa, Jerry, there are cinnamon Altoids and jelly beans on my altar all the time. (laughs) Um, I can't, I can't smell cinnamon Altoids without crying. Like that's just my Pavlovian response. If somebody opens a tin of cinnamon Altoids, (laughs) um, that smell is just so specifically him. Or, and, and my grandma and like their cars always smelled of cinnamon Altoids. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that if, if you want that connection and you're, you're, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for in the spiritual world or in the physical one. (laughs) Right. Um, So you've got to, you know, at some point you've got to be brave and you've got to put it out there and just be open to receiving what comes. And it's okay to be skeptical. You know, it's okay to take yourself out of those moments. You are still human. You are in this human body with this human brain that is, you know, going to try to explain everything because that's how we're wired. Um, and that's fine. You know, setbacks will happen. You'll go through periods of time and periods of transition where you feel really connected to the divine. And then other times your altar is going to be dusty for months, like mm-hmm. where you just don't have the energy, you don't have the connection and, and it's okay to go through those ebbs and flows too. And I think that's what Um, You know, it's that devotion aspect that I think a lot of people get hung up on or, you know, I'm not doing enough ritual or, oh, I didn't do anything for the full moon or, you know, I should be writing all the time. Like, it's fine. (laughs) You know, take it in the waves that it comes in. Take your inspiration as it comes. And if it's something you really want to cultivate, you have all of the tools at your disposal to to really dive in and cultivate that. Yeah. I mean, if anyone can relate to that this year, it's us with the way 2020 has happened, I feel like yeah, my like, look how much we've all already adapted. Like, right. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, always changing and always throwing weird stuff at us. Absolutely. <laughs> or just, you know, I, this is probably the year I feel the least connected spiritually ever, but it, you know what shit's going on in the world and, and that's okay. And sometimes you do have to kind of deal with the day to day. It doesn't make you any less valid or any less, I guess, connected to your spiritual path, just sometimes you have to kind of cross a bump in the road once in a while and get back to it. So, um, which also leads me to this statement, which I always appreciate, which is just a witch is a witch. 
like if you want to call yourself that if you want to claim that moniker it is your right to claim that and there doesn't have to be a better explanation than that I'm not a witch because I do all of these things I'm a witch because I am right yep so what's our perwitching slip for today Cheyenne (sighs) our perwitching slip for today I think is to acknowledge and welcome your skepticism, but not to let it prevent you. Like it's, it's the same thing as like no fear driving the bus, right? It's going to be our permission. <laughs> it's our permission slip a lot. I feel like, um, <laughs> I think just your permission slip this week is to just be open, be open to the possibility of everything. And be aware that your feelings are feelings and they're not always factual, but it's okay. However, you're interpreting them. And, you know, if, if you need to believe that your grandfather visited you on a walk with your dog in a thunderstorm, then that's what you get to believe. And that's absolutely fine. And whether or not anybody else thinks that is legitimate or valid is irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's our perwitching slip is that don't let others dictate your journey. You know, your journey is 100% your own and allowing outside influences to really kind of drive that is not fair to you. And so our prohibition slip is to just, you know, lead your own journey and, and be okay and confident in that. Yes. You are allowed to exist exactly as you are in this moment. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers.